This is Radioactive Magazine, a KKFI public affairs program of progressive activism, opinion, and commentary. Opinions expressed on this program are those of the speakers alone and are not necessarily the views of KKFI, its staff, volunteers, board of directors, show hosts, or other guests on the program. Thank you for joining us tonight on Radioactive Magazine. We have Spencer Graves here who is going to do a show with Chris Mann talking about, and you want to pronounce it? The Uhuru (laughs) Movement, or maybe it's Uhuru with uh, Penny Hess, who uh, is going to talk about FBI raids on their facilities last July 29th. Penny is the chair of the African People's Solidarity Committee supporting uh, the Uhuru movement, and she can tell me if I've pronounced it right. She's also an author of a book on overturning the, the culture of violence and other things. And Chris Mann is here uh, also. Okay, and before we get started, I want to remind our listeners this is Pledge Week, and we ask that you call in the pledge while you're listening to the show. The number is 888 931 Zero one again. That's eight 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 nine three one zero nine zero one. Or you can go online and donate online on our website at kkfi.org. And you probably have heard about, you know, back in the college, your college days, how when there's a pledge, there's hazing incidents. If you don't want to be hazed, call in that pledge tonight during our radioactive show. I, Make it a generous pledge, right, Spencer? Well, I don't, I don't know about hazing, <laughs> but, but I do know that all of our locally produced content, 85% of our 24-7 broadcast schedule is produced by volunteers, but we knew need to, but we rely, rely on donations to pay for electricity and other things. Your small dollar donations does not produce content for you alone, but content for others as well. Media scholar Robert McChesney suggested that the U.S. probably had far more newspapers and publishers per capita than any place else in the world in the early 1800s. Uh, Leading French intellectual Alexis de Tocqueville was astounded when he visited the U.S. in 1831. There was hardly a hamlet without its own newspaper. The delivery of those newspapers was subsidized under the U.S. Postal Service Act of 1792. They encouraged literacy and limited political corruption, both of which uh, helped the United States of America grow uh, and prosper and become what it is today. Without those newspapers, um, that we would not be where we are today, I think. Um, again, that number is 888-931-0901 or go to kkfi.org and click Donate to help educate others and hopefully reduce the obstacles to progress on the most important issues facing humanity today. Chris? At 5 a.m. on J- July 29th, 2022, Chris the Lock, FBI Chris. with the co- We're not cooperation. You're not coming through. <clears throat> Talk some more. On July, on July 29th. I still am not hearing you, Chris. Okay. I can hear her. Okay. Okay. 
Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you for having me on. And I really want to salute both of you and, and KKFI radio station. It's an honor to be here. And I am Penny Hess. I'm the chair of the African People's Solidarity Committee. And that is the organization of white people that works under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party that is working for the liberation of Africa and African people all around the world. And we work in the white communities here uh, in St. Louis and, and actually in 140 cities in the United States and organize other white people to, to win reparations to African people. So I just wanted to say that to introduce myself, and I, I really appreciate being here. On July 29th, 2022, seven offices of the African People's Socialist Party um, and the Uhuru movement were raided by the FBI very violently and brutally. Um, there were four offices and homes here in St. Louis, and three, the, the major, what, what has been the headquarters of the African People's Socialist Party in St. Petersburg, Florida, and two homes raided there on that day. It was, uh, it was brutal. It was all coordinated. It was 6 p.m., 6 a.m. on the west, on the east coast, and it was, um, it was 5 a.m. here in central time. Um, and I mean, well, I just want to say that they came to my house in South St. Louis that I share with another comrade, Kitty Riley. Um, they started just banging on the door, making a lot of noise. Uh, they used a battering ram. I think it was an electrified or something that was connected to a car, pushed in the door and broke the frame of the door so the door wouldn't close after that. Came, uh, called the, you know, just as we came down the stairs with our hands up, uh, you know, of course, just getting out of bed barefoot, et cetera. Um, they, they had, uh, uh, rifles and, um, you know, just high powered guns pointed at us with laser sightings and they, um, you know, just we said, what is this about? We had, we had no idea. And they told us that this was in relationship to a uh, um, a Russian, an indictment of a Russian in Russia. You know, so you're going, what? What is, you know, what does this have to, to do with me? Um, and of course, at that time, I had no way of knowing that this was happening at the home of Chairman Omalia Shatella in North St. Louis, in, in the most impoverished neighborhood of North St. Louis. This was happening um, at the Uhuru House and also in St. Petersburg, which has been there for 35 years as the center of African community organizing um, throughout the South and throughout the world, really. It is known throughout the world. It has had major guests and important leaders coming there for conferences and community and all, all kinds of things for, for many, many years. And this was happening at our house and at, here at the Uhuru Solidarity Center, 
at 2654 Gravel in South South St. Louis, where I am sitting right now. Wow. And, Go ahead, and, Chris. And, and they're uh, expecting you to have indictments soon. Yes, let me just, just, if I could, I just want to say one more thing is that for Chairman O'Malley and Chitella, they put flashbang grenades through them into the windows of his house and sent a drone up the stairs as his wife was coming down the stairs as he came down first. Um, They made it very clear what this government has done to African people who have struggled in the 1960s and even further back than that, um, the kinds of assassinations, um, imprisonment, entrapment, provocateurs, all of the things that this COINTELPRO program uh, that existed, that was created in the 1960s to try to crush the Black Power movement, which had shook this government and the world to its foundations that created, you know, the whole spirit of the 1960s and and the fighting for the freedom and liberation of African people, um, that this is what they were they were doing to to the to the African People's Socialist Party and to the programs for economic and political power in the hands of African people. So you know it was they made it very clear to him and he was he and his wife were put in handcuffs they, the police told them to sit on the curb, and um, which they refused to do. They were in all of these places for five, six, even seven hours. Seven, I mean, this went on and on. They went through every single thing in the house, uh, in all the houses and all the centers. They took any electronics, computers, phones, iPads, files, pictures, they took pictures of things. Um, and and then when the when Chairman O'Malley and even and us and all of us finally asked, well first of all, we never saw a warrant. And secondly, um, when when we were asked uh, when we asked are we being detained, they said no. They said no, we weren't, you can go. So here's the chairman they didn't handcuff us, but we were held at gunpoint in our living room while they went through the whole house. That was for, for Kitty and myself. Our comrades, Jesse and Amanda, their house was gone through. They were brought down and put in the back of a police van. Um, and, and then they went through the Solidarity Center, which we have a video of through that was captured on the um, security camera that shows just tons of flashbang grenades going off as they're they're banging down the door and coming in. Um, And both of the doors were steel doors on this building, which I'm talking about is our solidarity center. They were ruined, they were destroyed. All of this had to be fixed before we could even, you know, go out, (laughs) leave the building again. And, um, you know, and then the, the chairman's house so much damage there at the Uhuru House in Florida, which is quite a large building. Every single door, every single door was broken down inside of it. It has many offices and, and rooms and, and places for events and other kinds of 
of activities that go on there. There's a library there. Just the damage was in the tens of thousands of dollars. So, you know, this was a very serious attack. It was really the most serious attack since the 1960s on um, an African liberation organization. It, it was brutal. And so, as you ask about the indictments, um, Chairman Omani Shatella has fought back the whole way. He has been on interview after interview. He has really fighting to put this out in the world because the thing that you have to do is you have to tell the world that this happened and you have to you win support and and countless organizations and other news media have, have interviewed and expressed their support with this movement which is very powerful and, and really important to see because that wasn't able to happen in the same way in the 1960s they didn't know about COINTELPRO then. They didn't know what was happening. In this case, the FBI announced this is the FBI. So, you know, we we see and we see how how it has to be fought by putting them on trial. They have to be put on trial. They yeah, we'll get in okay. we'll get into that, Penny, as we go on. But uh, tell us a little bit about your history and your activism. Yeah, you know, through the years. Absolutely. Well, I was um, I was first organized by Chairman Obama Shatella and the Uhuru movement in 1976, and I I was in Louisville, Kentucky, with a friend of mine, and she said, "Oh, you have to hear the speaker because she knew the chairman." who is the leader of, of this movement, she knew him from Florida, where St. Petersburg, Florida is where he was, grew up and, and where he had been leading a movement for many, many years. Right. Okay. So we're uh, talking with Penny Hass about um, the Uhuru movement. Uh, but we need to interrupt this uh, interview for a special message from our sponsors, you. If you have not already donated to KKFI, please do so, calling 888-931-0901 or go to kkfi.org and click donate. Information is a public good. I'm not asking you to, do to donate uh, to KKFI so you can hear the music, news, and public affairs you like. I'm asking you to don donate so others can hear those shows. You see the difference? If you don't, if you know the perfect solution to any of the major problems facing society today, it will not help anyone unless elected officials actually implement that solution. And that will not happen unless a substantial portion of the public supports um, a, a, an effective solution like what you might be have in mind. That's why it's important for you to help make music, news, and public affairs shows you like available to others. Please call now at 888-931-0901. And a penny, I didn't hear, uh, why did the FBI target you? Or why did they claim they targeted you? <laughs> well, they targeted 
the part, the African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru Movement, which let me just say the African People's Socialist Party has been in existence for 50 years. It has fought for the liberation of Africa and African people. It has organization on the continent of Africa, in the Caribbean, and throughout the United States of African people fighting to have political power, to have their land of Africa, to have reparations. The African People's Socialist Party held the first tribunal on reparations to African people in 1982 in Brooklyn, New York. They have organized all over the country and all over the world. And that was why they were targeted. That was why they were targeted. And they have a strategy and they but that's always, not that's not what the fbi said right i mean it, no, no that is not what how, how, how does it connect to this russian guy they well because the strategy of the african people's socialist party is that they have they welcome support from anywhere in the world they have been to ireland the chairman has been to ireland to um, the Diné reservation here, to, with the relationship with the Union de Barrio and the Mexican community. They support the Palestinian people. They supported the Nicaragua, El Salvador. They, they work with everybody in the world who is fighting for the liberation of oppressed peoples and who is, supports the liberation of African people. So they had a, a, working relationship with an organization in Russia that was called the anti-globalization movement of Russia. And the chairman actually did go to Russia and spoke there twice. But there is nothing, what, what they charged in the indictment is that the, the African People's Socialist Party and the chairman were under, quote, malign influence of Russia. The Russian government, and that specifically they named the fact that that the um, the Uhuru movement has had a campaign to expose that the conditions of African people, Black people inside the United States, meet the definition of genocide that is laid out by international law, the Convention. Um, the Convention on, of the Crime and, and uh, Prevention of the Crime of, of Genocide under the United Nations law. And so, you know, they, they were charging, the, government, the FBI is charging that they were under the influence of Russia, which is absolutely racist. It's absolutely ridiculous to say that that African people, that black people in this country can't define their own conditions, that they would have to learn it from a Russian or anybody. So, so there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I heard, I read something that uh, that if you get charges, they will likely be um, charges under the Foreign Agent Registration Act. Is that is that correct or? Possibly. I, I mean, we do. There, there is a legal defense team. There are lawyers, and they, you know, I, I don't know because we don't know what they will do. Yeah. Because the, yeah. Is the, yeah. I, I, they will do whatever they want to do with the black I would, Yeah, I would like to focus on what the African. 
People's Socialist Party do in St. Louis. For example, tell us about the Black Power Blueprint program, of which uh, I have gone and seen part of. So, um, so wonderful. Uh, I, I wish um, you would come back again as well, because um, the well, first of all, the programs specifically in St. Louis are absolutely amazing. And it, it involves and it's led by Deputy Chair Onisene Ishitawa, who was in the home, of course, the wife of Chairman O'Malley Ishitawa, and she was uh, one of those attacked on July 29th. But she is the coordinator of Black Power Blueprint Program, which which came about because in North St. Louis, it was so part the part where this is, the O'Fallon neighborhood, the parts of it look like it's bombed out. It's um, you know, not only empty lots, but abandoned buildings, rotting buildings. And this is the result of of decades if not centuries, of St. Louis government policy to starve out and let it rot, quote unquote, let it rot, not to give resources to black neighborhoods. And North St. Louis in many of the neighborhoods is up to 97% African population and, and extremely impoverished. And so the Black Power Blueprint it was taking some of the land reutilization buildings, which is owned by the city, were able to get some of those to refurbish and also bought some and were able to take an old condemned building and refurbish it. It's very, very beautiful now, state of the art, right across the street. That's a, a community center and office building. And that community center is many, many political activities, but as well as there's been weddings there and other kinds of programs. And there are, and right across the street is an outdoor event space, the Gary Brooks Community Garden, who is um, an elderly African man who lived right next door to that garden. It's a beautiful, beautiful space where, as you saw, where the farmer's market is, Chris, and, um, and but this year, it's, the farmer's market is actually going to be in O'Fallon Park down the street. But it, it's, it's very, very nice. Um, we also, they have also built and almost completed a community basketball court, which is absolutely beautiful. There's housing for a program that is being built to bring um to, to bring African men and women who are coming out of the prison system to be able to house them and train and give them skill trainings. And then there's the African Women's Center and doula training program. And in fact, on the very day of July 29th, when the raids were happening, this doula program with about 15 to 20 African women from the neighborhood was taking place in the Uru House in St. Louis. For for, for the great for the great unwashed like me, what's doula? A doula is a birth assistant. And it is really I don't know if you saw the New York Times this Sunday, the article, even even they're saying that across the board, uh, black women experience two and three times infant and maternal mortality rates, even if they have high income. And that, you know, it is incre- incredibly deep and, and 
and representative of the fact that there is colonialism inside the borders of the United States. It's more than racism. It is a political system backed up by a state that maintains the oppression and exploitation of African people. So, you know, the, the Black Power Blueprint is a program that addresses all of these various needs, and there's going to be more and more. There's, you know, there's another building uh, slated for uh, a community kitchen, a, uh, a cafe, and a group of foods and pies, which is actually a long-standing institution of the Uhuru movement that has been around, especially in Oakland, California, since the 1980s. So this is what the African People's Socialist Party does. This is just one example of one city. It is a very, very amazing organization. Sounds like a Uhuru organization lifts up the community. Yes. Uh, wherever it is. I know there's other businesses in Philadelphia and Oakland, California yeah. um, that are really, really interesting. And um, can you just speak a touch on Alderman Jesse Todd's? Uh, Jesse Todd is a longtime alderman in St. Louis, and he, he uh, submitted a resolution. Can you? Talk about that just a Yes, he, it was very, he is a, a wonderful, powerful, just really inspiring um, alderman who is not caught up in the culture of corruption. That is what the city of St. Louis is. As you know, there are um, two alder, three alder, previous, uh, you know, former aldermen who are in prison now for being caught for taking bribes and that kind of thing. Jesse Todd is for the people. He is for the people and he is there. And he is also a member of the Uhuru movement. And he he submitted to the Public Safety Committee of the Board of Aldermen a, a, um, a resolution calling for St. Louis to be a sanctuary city for African people. This is in solidarity with all the sanctuary cities and programs that that are in relationship to immigrants, of course, as well. But this is calling for the for the city of St. Louis to not comply with the FBI by using the local police, which, which they did on, on July 29th. There was the FBI and the St. Louis Police Department was there, and that the, the that that the the resolution said to that they wanted that, that they were calling on the city to do do not comply with the FBI the local police and when a community organizers are being charged on anything related to their work to uplift the community so okay. it was very powerful that 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 was raised to the city okay well Penny we we are about out of time do you have any final thoughts uh, for our listeners. 30 seconds. And Well, yes, I just want to say that my job and our job is in the white communities, organizing other white people that, you know, to say that we cannot continue to stand by while African people are, are attacked by the FBI for organizing to uplift their community or gunned down by the police or African babies die, that 
we have to recognize our relationship, that we have everything that we have based on the system, built on slavery, built on genocide, built on stolen land. And our future is in standing in solidarity with African people, oppressed people, and fighting for reparations to African people. Thank you very much. We have been, Thank you. We have been talking with Penny Hess about the FBI raids on Uhuru Movement Facilities last July 29. For more uh, information about Penny, the Uhuru Movement, Uhuru Movement uh, a book that Penny has written about overcoming the cultural violence and questionable FBI uh, actions during the war on terror, which I claim, by the way, was a war more for than against terror, 